from the studios of Adventist World Radio in Pune. From Adventist World Radio in Pune, a warm welcome to you as you join us. This is our international English service. In our program today, we bring inspirational music, health talk on principles of life that are basic. With more enjoyable music, you'll also hear God's word to enrich you spiritually. This is your host Sharad, and I'm Maureen, and you're listening to Adventist World Radio, the Voice of Hope. Let's begin our program with a song. My Savior bleed and did my sovereign die. Would He devote that sacred head for someone such as I? Receive my sight, and now I am 
It's time to hear a health talk. Stay with us. Hello listeners. Today's topic is alcohol addiction. Dr. Richard Yuki, a medical doctor working in the United States, says that the drinking of alcohol is a major contributor of traffic accidents, which is the ninth leading cause of death around the world, killing more than one and one quarter million people every year. Alcohol addiction is also a contributing factor for many of the diseases suffered by modern man. Because of the significant impact of alcohol on your health, I want to talk to you today about alcohol addiction. Alcohol addiction is a chronic condition wherein your body becomes both emotionally and physically dependent on alcohol. It causes you to lose control over your drinking. You can neither control how much you drink or how much you often drink. You drink even when it causes problems with your relationships, your health, your work and your finances. God created a delicate system within the cells of your body that converts the food you eat and drink into the energy they need to function properly. Alcohol literally poisons that delicate cellular mechanism. In the brain, it causes individual nerve fibers to function improperly, losing vital communication with other nerve fibers. Over time, the poisonous effect of the alcohol as well as the lack of vitamins caused by the poor eating habits of alcoholics results in some nerve cells dying. The brain actually shrinks in size. Chemical imbalances in the brain begin to affect many brain functions. Your thoughts, speech and muscle coordination are affected. Reduced judgment can lead to all types of accidents. The chemical balance associated with feeling pleasure in your brain causes it to crave alcohol to feel its pleasurable effects. You become unable to limit the amount of alcohol you drink. You lose interest in the activities and hobbies that used to bring you pleasure. Obtaining alcohol becomes the centerpiece of your life. You begin to drink alone or in secret. Often you need a drink as soon as you get up in the morning. When you can't get a drink, you will experience withdrawal symptoms such as nausea, sweating and shaking. You develop blackout periods in which you do not remember your commitments or your conversations. You hide alcohol in unusual places at home, at work and even in your car. Alcohol addiction causes problems in all parts of your body. Your breathing can become depressed to the point that it causes a life-threatening coma. Your liver is poisoned and that can lead to progressive, irreversible destruction of your liver. Alcohol can scar your pancreas so that it does not produce insulin, causing diabetes. The combination of liver and pancreas problems can lead to such instability in your blood sugar that it becomes life-threatening. Alcohol addiction can lead to a high blood pressure, heart failure and stroke. The list of problems caused by alcohol is long. Pregnant women who drink alcohol can create a condition in their pregnancy that will cause baby to be born with physical and developmental problems. Several risk factors are common to alcohol addiction. People who begin drinking at an early age are at a higher risk. Men are more likely to become addicted than are women. The risk is higher for people who have a parent who abused alcohol. 
anxiety or depression can lead to excessive drinking. And finally, having friends who drink on a regular basis puts you in an environment that allows excessive drinking. And that can lead to alcohol addiction. Addicted men usually drink 4 or 5 drinks a day. And addicted women drink at least 4 drinks a day. There are no specific tests to diagnose alcohol addiction. But the history of drinking and abnormal blood tests of liver and pancreas function usually are enough to make the diagnosis. Many people who have alcohol addiction are in denial and do not think they have a problem. But once acknowledged, treatment starts with a brief period of detoxification. You have to get rid of the toxic effects of the alcohol. That usually requires 4 to 7 days as an inpatient in a treatment center where you are prevented from drinking any alcohol whatever and where the withdrawal symptoms of shaking, vomiting, confusion and mental abnormalities can be treated. Next, you have to learn ways to change your lifestyle and behavior to avoid taking alcohol. You may need the support and advice of a counselor. There are many medicines that can help you to not drink alcohol. These medicines produce a very unpleasant physical reaction in the presence of alcohol and they will lower your urge to drink. Finally, a doctor may need to treat the high blood pressure, liver disease, diabetes and heart disease that all that drinking may have caused. The wise person would think it's smarter to avoid developing an alcohol addiction rather than treating it once it has occurred. Not drinking is a matter of lifestyle choices and habits. Make it clear to your friends and family that you will not drink alcohol. If you had had a problem with alcohol in the past, you may need to distance yourself from friends and social situations that stand in the way of your intent to recover. Develop good habits that include adequate sleep, regular exercise and eating a balanced diet full of vitamins and minerals you get from fruits and vegetables. Finally, replace all these hobbies and pastimes that you have been centered around alcohol with activities that do not involve drinking. A counselor can teach you techniques to help you relax and manage stress. Getting back into a relationship with God may allow you to gain greater insight into your worth as a child of God and that can help your recovery. Alcohol addiction is a disease that can be successfully treated and cured. Even though it will take the recognition that a problem exists and the true dedication and commitment to make a lasting change. Thank you for our nice health talk. We are sure it was hope for the despondent, cheer for the sick and rest for the weary. Keep listening to AWR. It will open the door to a new experience in your life. To know more on our program, you are welcome to write to us on Adventist World Radio, Post Box Number 17, Pune 411001, Maharashtra, India. You can also email us on Adventist Media Center at gmail.com. You could also hear all our programs on our website. That's on awr.org/slash English program. Before you hear God's word, here's another song. Wider than snow Now wash me 
Jesus 101, introducing you to the real Jesus. And now, here's your host, Elizabeth Talbot with Mike Tucker. I'm Mike Tucker. And I'm Elizabeth Talbot. My parents gave me $100 to buy a new suit of clothes. I bought a suit for $12 and pocketed the rest. So, Elizabeth, I bought this $12 suit, and I thought I was just the smartest man on earth because I had $88 left in my pocket. Are you wearing that suit now? No, I am not wearing that suit now. <laughs> I'm Thank just joking. You, you know, Mike, it looks very sharp uh, you, always. So yeah, I wish you whatever. could see him. <laughs> but anyway, I noticed how bad my suit looked when I compared it to the suits of my friends. Mm-hmm. Then it really did look like a 12 
$12 suit, and I felt every bit out of place. I felt horrible about how badly I looked. The $88 that I had in my pocket didn't feel nearly as good. No, that's right. You know, uh, this show is not about fashion today. <laughs> We just want to tell you that um, every story has to do with robes or suits or dresses in the Bible mm-hmm. are part of a much bigger picture. You know, the whole salvation history in the Bible is talked about in terms of robes. Mm-hmm. And if you remember when we start in Genesis, um, uh, when the humanity uh, sins, right. they lose the robe. Yeah, they, they were naked and felt shame because of their nakedness. Yeah, it's the first time in Genesis 3 where they realize that they're naked right. because God had given them a robe of righteousness that covered them. Yeah. And so the whole rest of the, of the salvation history from Genesis to Revelation mm-hmm. has these two types of dresses. You either wear the dress that God mm-hmm. provides for you, or you try to make one. Yeah, you're wearing filthy rags, you're wearing uh, uh, something that is worthless, or you're, you're even naked. Yes, and, and people notice That's right. <laughs> all the time where you go. For example, in this case, Adam notices that he's naked, and he puts all these fig uh, yeah. leaves on puts top leaves of him. On, yeah, to cover himself. Yeah, yeah. What, what is this? Just him and, and Eve, and still he's embarrassed. <laughs> yes, <laughs> because we always have this counterfeit that we think that we can accumulate enough leaves to cover ourselves. That's right. So th- throughout the Bible, we have these stories about dresses all the way to the book of Revelation at mm-hmm. the end, where God is saying, look, buy from me the dress. Buy That's from right. me the dress. Because you think you're wearing something good, but you're not. No. The, the robe of righteousness that covers you in front of me is the one I give you. My best works are my $12 suit. That's right. That's how it looks. That's it right. looks cheap. That's right. And God says, hey, by the way, for example, to the church of Laodicea in chapter 3 of Revelation, he says, right. by the way, you think you're dressed, yeah, but, but you're, you're not. Naked. You're naked. You're wretched. Uh, you're by the miserable. Way, you're blind. You're pitiful. That's right. And, and the, actually, the book of Revelation ends when all the saved ones are wearing the robes that had mm-hmm. been washed by the blood of the Lamb. The so the lamb. don't forget that robe, dresses, suits in the Bible. It's very important. Very important because they, they, they're symbols of salvation. Are we going to w- right. wear what God gives us or we're going to try to make up our own dress? And we find this parable in Matthew 22. Jesus spoke to them again in parables saying, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who prepared a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his servants to those who had been invited to the banquet to tell them to come, but they refused to come. Then he sent some more servants and said, tell those who have been invited that I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and my fatted calf have been butchered and everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. But they paid no attention and went off. One to his field, another to his business. The rest seized his servants, mistreated them and killed them. The king was enraged. He sent his army and destroyed those murderers and burned their city. Then he said to his servants, the wedding banquet is ready, but those I invited did not deserve to come. Okay, maybe go we can the stop there. Yeah. yeah. And so, so now this becomes very inclusive. We, we go to, and we're going to read in a moment, we go to the highways and freeways and streets, and we invite everybody that is Just out anyone. there. Yeah, and they, by the way, are not dressed in wedding feasts, uh, the, garments. wedding clothes, no. They're, they're dressed in the work clothes. If you're a bum living on the street, you're, you've got rags you're Yeah, you're wearing, and you, you know? pr- probably have no shoes or anything. That's right. Now, we want to tell you where this prophecy comes from, that there would be a banquet. Um, the, in the Old Testament, um, always when they talked about the Messianic age, in the time when God would take over, they would talk about this banquets, this Messianic banquet. And probably one of the best places where we can go to just talk about it is again the prophet Isaiah, Isaiah 25 uh, is chapter 25 but there's many other places mm-hmm. where it actually talks about this banquets that God would give for his people so maybe we can take uh, verse 6 to 9 on this mountain the Lord Almighty will prepare a feast of rich food for all peoples a banquet of aged wine 
the best of meats, the finest of wines. On this mountain he will destroy the shroud that enfolds all peoples, the sheet that covers all nations. He will swallow up death forever. And look what he's going to do. Yeah. In this banquet, he will wipe the tears from all the faces. This is where we oh, get the, the end of the book of Revelation where there's no more evil. I've attended over 500 deaths and conducted hundreds of funerals. I'm ready for that day to happen. That's right. And so he, he sets this incredible banquet where he finishes evil and he wipes away the tears. And he says in verse 8, he will move, remove the reproach of his people from That's all right. the earth. And, and he says, in that day, says the Lord, we will say, this is our God whom we have waited. Wonderful. He might save us and this is the Lord for whom we have waited and let us rejoice and be glad in his salvation. That's right. So many times this messianic age when this age would be over was talked about in terms of a banquet. A banquet. So when Matthew talks about the banquet, the Jewish people are thinking about uh, this is something big because this is God given the banquet. And um, so as we told you, the people that were invited originally didn't want to come. They no. thought this was not a big deal. They, they all made up silly excuses and even beat and, and killed some of his servants. Yeah, so in verse 9, uh, we get this uh, openness where we're going to go out there and tell everybody they're invited into the, 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 the banquet. The banquet is for anyone, That's for right. everyone. So here we have verse 9 and 10. Go to the street corners and invite to the banquet anyone you find. So the servants went out into the streets and gathered all the people they could find, both good and bad, and the wedding hall was full. Filled with guests. Okay, it's very important that you understand how it does set up um, the fact that all these people were not wearing wedding clothes because mm -hmm. they were in the streets no. and, and the, the, the servants went out to gather That's them. That's right. Now, it was the custom uh, at that time that the person that was uh, giving this feast, mm -hmm. they, he would provide, provide the a, wedding a gown, garments. A, 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 yeah, some sort of clothing for the person to wear. So, so. if somebody did not wear it was the wedding an, garment. Yeah, it was an insult yes. to the person that had given them the garment. Right. So this is not simply somebody doesn't want to wear. It's an no. insult, like saying, hey, what I'm wearing is good enough. Your, your clothing doesn't matter. Yeah. So the king comes in verse 11. But when the king came in to see the guest, he noticed a man there who was not wearing wedding clothes. Yeah, don't forget that the wedding clothes are provided They're to provided. all the guests. In other words, you don't buy them. They're given to you, They're right? They're given to you. And, and the king wouldn't have been upset if this man just, you know, didn't have it. The, the issue is that everybody's given this you've garment. Got, you've got the garment. Just put it on. Yeah, so the point is that this person is insulting the mm -hmm. king by saying, I don't need your garment. That's right. Okay, so let's keep reading. Verse 12, a friend, he asked. How did you get in here without wedding clothes? The man was speechless. But it's, it's very important to understand that he didn't have anything to say. That's right. Because actually, I mean, if he wasn't given the garment, he would have said, hey, nobody gave me the garment. That's right. But he was speechless because... Because he had the garment and chose not to wear it. <laughs> That's right. And then... Then the king told the servants, tie him hand and foot, throw him outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are invited... But few are chosen. See, very few times that we talk about um, the fact that when we reject what God gives us, God has nothing else to give us. That's because, right. see, the wedding garment means that we are given the righteousness of Christ. Right. Throughout the Bible, uh, the righteousness of Christ is talked about as a robe. Yeah, that's right. We're told that our own righteousness is as filthy rags. It's like you're wearing just uh, terrible rags, terrible clothing. But uh, Christ's righteousness is a beautiful garment that makes you presentable to the king. Yes, and it's given to you. That's the, right. See, when you accept the death of Jesus on your behalf, you are given this cloth, uh, and God looks at you, and he sees Christ's righteousness because you are dressed on on the dress that you were given. That's right. 
And so this person here is rejecting the he's plan re- of salvation. That's, That's right. a parable, what he's, it is about. He said, you know what? I'm going to wear my own garment. Yeah, because my, my own works are good enough. Here, take yeah. me or leave me. See, it's very interesting because we mentioned Revelation when we started, but the problem of the Laodicean church, this book in this uh, church in Revelation chapter mm-hmm. 3, is that they think that they're well-dressed. That's right. You know, they're like, I don't need your dress. But they're naked, poor, wretched, miserable, blind. Yes, because the king is the only one that can see what the real dress looks like, and you're not wearing it. That's right. Now, it's very interesting um, that the whole, like I said, the whole story of salvation is is given in this um, dress, suit, Mm -hmm. robe Mm -hmm. terms. And uh, finally, at the end, if you go to the book of Revelation, actually, Mm -hmm. we'll wait for you to get there. Even though we're in Matthew, we want to take you to... To Revelation chapter 19. This is actually the coming of Christ. Christ. This is in chapter 19. We're going to start reading on verse 7. This is the banquet that you are invited to. That's right. And, in, uh, in go verse ahead. 7, let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory. For the wedding of the Lamb has come and his bride has made herself ready. So here we have the banquet. Mm-hmm. Now we have the dress now. That's right. Go ahead. Fine linen, bright and clean, was given her to wear. Fine linen stands for the righteous acts of the saints. So here we have, she, she's wearing this clean and bright and, and white clothing. And we're wondering how, when was she given this clothing? Yeah. And notice even though that the righteous acts of the saints, this, this garb was given to her. Yeah, this, this is, is very important. <laughs> yeah, because a lot of people use this to say, see, it was because they were doing so good but, that yeah. they look white. But even that was given to her. Yes, and actually, previously in the book of Revelation, we had actually talked about why is it that God sees these garments white? Mm-hmm. If you want to go on your own and study this, Revelation chapter 7, verse mm-hmm. 13, verse 14, talks about the reason why they're white is that because they were washed in the, in blood, the blood of, of the, the Lamb. That's right. So it is Christ's uh, sacrifice that gives us these garments, and we wear the garments into his presence. And this dress is not because of my good works. It is something given to me based on the good works of Jesus Christ. That's why I can come to the wedding. That's right. So we have good news for you. First, that you were invited to this wedding. That's right. Second, that you are offered this dress. You've got something to wear other than my cheap suit, right? (laughs) That's right. And you know what? We're going to reserve a seat for you because we're all going to be there. That's right. And the celebration is going to be glorious. We will celebrate the one who gave us the wedding garment. Amen. Let's pray. Our loving and living Heavenly Father, we praise you, we worship you for giving us life. Lord, as we grow in Christian experience, we have a lot of difficulties and hardships. You guide us and give us strength to continue to grow in your light. We pray for all the youth who do not consider Jesus as their Savior. May they realize in their youthful days that Jesus is in control of our lives. May we glorify Jesus and remember God in the days of our youth. May we grow in Jesus. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us today on Jesus 101. For more insights and resources, connect with us at Jesus101institute.org. That's Jesus101institute.org. Until next time, Live free. Woohoo! With this, we have almost come to the end of our broadcast. To know more on God's Word, you are always welcome to write to us on Adventist World Radio, Post Box Number 17, Pune 411 001, Maharashtra, 
India. You may also email us on Adventist Media Center at gmail.com. We also invite you to visit our website for these programs and that is awr.org slash English program. This is your host Sharad. And I'm Maureen signing off from Adventist World Radio. Do join us again along with your family and friends. Until then we wish you goodbye. And God bless you. 